0: Following is a presentation of Artisan Church in Rochester,
1: New York. John, chapter 1, verses 43 through 51. The heading of the chapter is called, um, well, the section I'm going to read is called The First Disciples of Jesus, and Jesus calls Philip and Nathaniel. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, "Follow me." Now Philip was from Bassadia, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathaniel and said to him, "We have found him whom Moses, in the law and the prophets, wrote: Jesus, son of Joseph from Nazareth. Nathaniel said to him, "Can anything good come out of Nazareth?" Do you believe because I told you that I saw you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, very truly I tell you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. This morning we have a guest uh, to bring us the sermon today. Their name is Maria Hartz. Please give her an Artisan welcome.
0: Thank you, thank you. Um, It is a joy and a privilege to be here this morning at Artisan Church. Um, Those that don't know me, I am typically on Sunday mornings at St. Mark's and St. John's Episcopal in the Beechwood neighborhood. So it is a joy to be here with you. Um, When I asked Kristen, my beloved fiancé, if there is anything I needed to know about preaching at Artisan, she said, keep a good pace, uh, really bring it home and make sure you throw in a dad joke. So I will do my best <laughs> to deliver that promise for you. So last weekend, I'm in some ways glad we've been finally getting some winter weather and some snow. Um, but my friend and I, you know, we spent the afternoon braving the snow to have some winter fun with her little nephew who's about three. And so we pulled on our snow gear, we got the little guy bundled up. Those of you with kids will understand, that's a lot to get a tiny tot bundled up to go out in the snow. And you know, we waddled our way outside into the backyard and this little guy was convinced we were going to build the best snowman ever. Now, don't tell him, but it was more of like a snow mound, you know, not really taken shape so much, but he was so proud it had little eyes inserted into it, he threw a little hat on top, and it was the greatest thing he had ever seen. Like, I am talking Olaf excitement um, in his eyes, just the amazement of this snowman being built. And it was so pure, it was so wholesome to see just this genuine excitement and pride that he'd been part of this experience of building this snowman and so when his mom and his brother got home this joyful little toddler sprang up from his ipad which is saying something and he ran to them and he said come and see come and see look what we built outside and what an invitation that is come and see come and see Our gospel passage this morning is one of several stories that tell us what the beginning days of Jesus's ministry were like. Before this account of Jesus deciding to go to Galilee, we hear John's proclamation that Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. That powerful, that beautiful acclamation. And so we're also introduced to Jesus's first disciples, those that have seen and heard the goodness of Christ's presence and decide to follow him. There's now this loyal group of followers around Jesus that that know he's the Messiah, that have made that decision, and that want to stay close to him. They've already been given the opportunity to come and see for themselves. They've done that. They have taken that invitation to follow. And so this means that when Jesus decides to leave and travel, he's got this posse of guys who already know who he is, but yet there's so many others that still do not know, still do not believe, have not taken Jesus up on that invitation themselves. And one of those is Nathaniel, as we read today. Now, Nathaniel, you might have caught this in the reading. Nathanael's kind of judgy, right? He's like... Who Can anything good come out of Nazareth? What is he talking about? He's got all of these preconceived notions about people from Nazareth, which for him were warranted. At that time, people weren't a big fan of Nazareth because of the all the history of the Roman army that came along with it. But rather than scolding Nathaniel or pushing him away for being this judgy guy, Philip invites him, right? Philip says... Come and see. He extends that invitation. No judgment, no dismissal. Come and see for yourself. And what does Nathaniel see? He sees and meets a Jesus who knows him through and through, who has seen him under that fig tree, who knows who he is and is ready to tell him. And in the, this is the purest sense of that word, Being seen, knowing him, understanding who he is. Now being seen and known the way that Jesus saw Nathaniel is a knowledge far beyond what we might be able to comprehend. And Nathaniel was stunned by this, right? He This caused him to believe for the first time because he saw for himself what it meant to be seen and known by a God who loves him, a God who made him. He came, he saw, and he was forever changed. He made the decision to be a disciple, and what 's even better than this is the promise from Jesus that there's so many better things to come. this is just one small glimmer of the joy that is yet to come jesus has or Nathaniel has no idea of the wonderful miracles that Jesus has yet to perform of the goodness to come, of the hope in the resurrection, there are greater things than these. And this awe and amazement that Nathaniel felt by being truly seen is what made him believe. And this is how Christianity spread during that time. It was word of mouth. There was no Instagram accounts, no fancy church websites, no Bible apps. It was all spreading of the good news from person to person to person. It's those who came and saw for themselves. So I want us to imagine for a minute how privileged we are in this community to be the people who have come and seen, who have made the conscious decision to see for ourselves what it means to be known so deeply by a God who made us and a God who loves us. And what it would look like for us to be a little bit of Philip, to invite others around us who hold preconceived notions, probably rightfully made, about us Christian folk and have them come and see for themselves what might be awaiting them. And I know trust me, that the word evangelism can be used in ways that are manipulative and abusive and downright gross and creepy, but I hope that this can be a little different. I want us to consider how powerful it would be to invite others to come and see for themselves what it means to be something so important to us that we call it our personal faith and belief. We show up here on Sunday mornings. We we commit ourselves to loving others the way that God loves us. And we in this room know a truth about our God that others try to dismiss, that God loves and affirms every single part of us, every single part, who we are, who we love, how we spend our days, who we spend our time with. God loves every bit of us. And that's the God I want us to invite others to come and see. That's the God we worship, the God that others might still have ideas about, but we know a God who loves us unconditionally. So let us invite others to come and see how God loves them, too. And so that's my challenge for all of you this week. And you can report back to Kristen, and she'll report back to me. Think of someone in your life who might be holding those preconceived notions about this whole Christianity thing that we're a part of, that about the God that we know and love and worship. I want us to be just like my friend's little nephew, who filled with that innocence of a child building the best snowman in the world. is so excited to invite others to come and see and experience for themselves a God who knows them, who loves them, who we worship and love unconditionally. And perhaps some of that come and seeing for yourself takes place at our communion table. So when the hour had come for him to be glorified by you, his heavenly God, Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. At supper with them, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks to you, he broke it, gave it to his disciples, and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. And after supper, Jesus took the cup of wine, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink this. All of you, this is the blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me. At St. Mark's and St. John's, we like to say before the Eucharist that this is not my table, this is not Artisan Church's table, this is God's table. And all of you are welcome to partake in God's table. All of the bread is gluten-free. You can participate by intinction. There's also little separate individual cups. I invite you to come and see once again this morning the goodness of God. May it be so, my friends. Come and take. For more information, visit us at artisanchurch.com.